You're listening to That Great Mank Pod, Greater Manchester's community podcast. Top one argument. Hi, and welcome to the ninth of our Carling sessions, supported by the Carling Made Local Fund. We'll be showcasing some of the amazing creative talent across our Greater Manchester that would normally be entertaining you and your local, helping them build their audience back and hopefully persuading you to grab a ticket for when they're back performing live. In this episode, Damien and I had a chat with Mark Forster, our mate by day and bloody tough Manx Spirit charity trustee by night. And by day, as it turns out, wouldn't have it any other way though. Mark's background is big business, but his love for the spoken word has grown massively, especially during lockdown. He's even started his own spoken word Insta account, the B Bar Barman, which is promoting and supporting other spoken word performers and poets. Like AA, but using more letters. His work is breathtakingly good. His future has to be on the open mic. Plenty of open and frank discussions in this episode and words that will last in your memory a lot longer than the Mankmade tradition of us all taking the piss out of each other. We're proud of Mark and we love him loads. Oh, and as the Carling sessions are supported by the Carling Made Local Fund, just a reminder to always drink sensibly. The sound coming up all right. Uh, yeah, you're a bit, uh, you're a bit echoey. Is that any better? And um, say something. Hi, Paul. It's lovely seeing you. I've missed you dreadfully. Yeah, it still sounds shallow. <laughs> well, some of us don't have top of the range fucking podcasting infrastructure to help us out, do we? Damien's, D- Damien's in his bunker. <laughs> <laughs> The nuke's gone off. <laughs> Do you know something? Oh, is that better? <laughs> yeah. What the hell, Damo? Are you all right, pal? Is this, do, do we need an intervention or something here, mate? You want your Harry Potter in it under the broom cupboard? It was a new idea, but it's not fucking working, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what was the new? What was the? What was the? What was the new idea? <laughs> well, see, as you go for this uh, Marlon Brando soft focus shit, right? I thought. I'll what? get a fucking lamp. Look, Stop there it is. Focus, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> so I was like, I thought the LED lamp, you know, like when you light up fucking... You know, Here we pod- go for all this soft focus shit. I got myself a fucking lamp. Oh, yes, what a way to start a conversation. But it's just not working, is it? You know what I mean? That's better. Uh, well, no, you're, e- you're either in pitch darkness like some horror movie or like you're walking through into the light and it's like penultimate moments. You know what it looks like? I've seen it. What's that film where they all went camping and all got killed? Blair Witch Project. Yeah. The Blair Witch Project. You've got a torch under your chin. You're going... <laughs> where they all went camping and got killed. Yeah. You know, watch that. Well, all right. I, I might... That's why I'm not a film critic. <laughs> no, I, I was with you with the little with the little uh, wooden things everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I got your description. It was a good film. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's better, yeah. You look beautiful there, mate. I think oh, you look lovely, yeah. Welcome to that's the next episode of Baldy in the Beard. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title of it. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks for this, mate. I mean, to be honest, we were running out of people to talk to. I call whatever I write bubblegum poetry. It's just, you just chew it up and throw it away. It makes you feel good for a little bit, and then you carry on with life and fuck off. It doesn't have to be... Shakespearean, my art loves the thou moreeth todayeth than yesterdayeth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yesterday-eth. Is that your first poem for tonight, Mark? 
That's it. You just had it. Copyright. <laughs> You're right, though, mate. You're right. I mean, you know, it's whatever floats your boat. It turns me off instantly when people start going on. I mean, I, I quite like poetry, but going the poetry on. which I like. Sorry? <laughs> going on. What do you mean? It is. <laughs> I can't be honest with it when it's like, when it gets so deep or whether people seeming like they're using overly complex words to sound complex and like they know long words. That's why I like the John Cooper Clarks of this, uh, uh, this world. And Tony Walsh, more or less, for extent, is simplistic in the words that they use. It's accessible. Yeah. Rather than thou with, loveth, tomorrow with, and my burning emotion crawls at my soul like a gaping hydra. But but you know that they are a they are a product of their time, Mark. You know it was the seventeenth fucking century. <laughs> These are people like that I'm seeing putting stuff out now that are talking about the tree roots engulf my love for you like a breaking morn that has been disrupted by the bird song. Oh, I miss you guys. <laughs> Why? What's what's going on? I don't know. It just it just always nice it would it be to do this with a jar or having a brew over the table and. It'd just be nicer, wouldn't it? I don't miss much about lockdown. I really don't. But a very small number of people I would like to just get together. And I don't mean you two. I don't know how you no. slip through the net, but yeah. Well, that's you know what I mean, right now. No, well, I, I, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's um, we are saying this the other day, the first, can't put this in again because we've said this in the two episodes, but I mean, just, just talking, the first lockdown was great, I thought. Something yeah. a little bit different. Second lockdown, not so bad. The, 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 this one. This is the hard one. Bastard, yeah. I completely agree. This is the hard one. Uh, this is the one that I struggle mo- most with general health, fitness, not done training, not done absolutely anything at all. Um, yeah, this has been the dickhead one. Am I, just when we start talking, um, one thing, the only sort of question which I've got for you is, um, the fact that I work with you guys with Manx Spirit, is that something which is okay to be mentioned if it comes up in general chit-chat or not? Yeah, I mean, what, well, I mean, I was saying this to Damien before, I mean, I, I'd like people, because we obviously we're trying to put something a little bit different in each episode. So with, with this one, really, it's a case of, um, you, you know, you may, I mean, and, and I, think you, I think you should do when the world's back to normal. I think you should go out and do some open mics. Um, and because you know you, the stuff you write, you write is really good, but I, you know I could just be saying that because I want you to go out I'm and start to do loads of people <laughs> and say I mean, it. We have a drink and watch him. Yeah, we have a drink and go. Oh, and you go. Is that your trusty? And we go. No, no. I think there's probably a certain amount of truth to that. You know, you've always been creative, but you know one of the reasons you got involved from us chatting is because um, you know you like the idea of creativity and, and then kind of working that into the into mental health and, and maybe that's been a little bit of encouragement to you to and i think we've you know we've encouraged you to be creative and write and and, and write your stuff and now you can't fucking stop you that's it um, way now well that plays into so depending upon what you so i've got the mank made thing if you want me to do that one and i've yeah. got a couple about sort of that type of rhetoric as well which i've not put on my actual page you're getting a world exclusive here exclusives cool um, I like them. Just, I, I tend not to put them on a page because I try to keep the page as positive as possible. Going back to what we originally said, I the world of poetry. What do you mean? Is, 
Well, Instagram poetry is, is huge at the minute, especially in lockdown. Everyone's an Instagram poet. There's nothing particularly special in, in anything which I'm doing. Um, they're heavy. Instagram poets are heavy. And I follow an awful lot of them now because I've got into this world via um, the b and stuff. And it is, there's a lot of trigger warnings. There's a lot of this and there's a lot of that. So that my sort of Instagram was always a case of, it's somewhere where you say, I've had a shit day. I'm going to grab a brew and just spend a couple of minutes looking at this dickhead be a dickhead. Is essentially, if, if I was going to slogan the page, it was watch this dickhead be a dickhead for five minutes. It gives you a bit of an escape, though, winner. Now, do you, are you being overly, what's so the word I'm looking for? Depreciating, yeah. Do, do you do you feel? I mean, I'm I'm being. This is a serious question. Do you feel the need to to kind of not not really big up what you're doing? I mean, I don't mean so much so much big up, but rather dampen down the fact that you know you're writing some really good stuff and you're putting a lot of stuff out there. And that's really good. So I reckon I will within this world in particular, I will always suffer from uh, a little bit of imposter syndrome and. In, in seriousness, I, I wouldn't have done it at all had it not been for you guys, and in particular, a conversation where Damien gave me a fucking bollocking on the phone for about fucking five minutes. Um, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it at all. Um, so, yeah, I do call it, I do play it down, and I do call it bubblegum poetry, and it is and, and it is uh, quite twee, I think. Because that's as I see it. I see it as fun. As, and because I don't treat it seriously, I don't treat my writing as seriously, I don't expect other people to treat it as serious. Um, well, what do you get out? What, what do you get out of writing? What do you get out of writing? Po- I mean, f- would you call it poetry or do you call it spoken word? So I, I call it spoken. Right. I, yeah. I call it spoken word because I can cheat. So, like in poetry, I think you've got to be really clear and concise in the words and the intonation and the number of syllables that you use in a sentence because somebody's got to cold read that and make sense of it. Whereas yeah. in a spoken, you can just speak really fast to jam in a few extra syllables. Probably spoken because I'm a cheater. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, it's quite a different way of looking at it, isn't it? But uh... it's not cheating; it's just using it differently. That's, I mean, it's. I'm sure any actor or stuff like. I mean, I I wrote a few daft raps and sent them up at Paul and stuff. And there's certain words you can't fit in, so you you rush the word or you you mumble it or you do something so it stays with the music in some ways but i mean i'm not a professional bloody rap artist in no way shape or form but that's just part of the art isn't it when you actually listen to sing i saw something once with some singer that said uh it was a female singer and when she was saying the word she doesn't actually sing the word she sings the sound it's us that fills in the word that's an it that that gets you doesn't it yeah it was, it was that damien i don't know i can't remember i mean it, it <laughs> Because you said the name is Sounds. That's why. Yeah, it was a wow. Don't make it out. Was it a dolphin, Damien? Yeah. <laughs> was it Flipper you were watching? <laughs> Lassie. Yeah, it went off and saved some kid who'd fell in a well. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So we got to, so we got a bloke who doesn't take himself seriously, spoken word artist, and a co-founder of the charity who speaks to dolphins. <laughs> I've not tried. Oh, I've never met a dolphin. I've, I've swam with a whale shark, but you know. Right, okay, it's not about you, though, Damien. This not about you. Uh, but but because I mean I haven't done any of this in proper, and I do intend to. I think do some open mic stuff when the world's better. 
Um, so when I am reading these poems, they're all a bit of shit because I haven't done them in anything other than sitting in front of a camera where you can re-record it 27 times. So apologies in advance for any stumbling or bumbling. But it's a well, proper. Readers, do one for us. You want to see one now? Tell us what it is and what inspired you to, to yeah. write that particular one. Do you want me to do the Mank Spirit one last? Mank made, isn't it? Made, sorry, yes. Yeah, oh, be careful! Don't. Told you it's all going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if I, if you were going to pick one randomly, <laughs> would you pick the one that you wrote about Mike Made? Do you reckon? If I was going to pick one randomly, yeah, on a whim, under the pressure right now, I would do the one that I wrote about Mike Made. Well, then you know this is all down to you, mate. This is your time. To right. shine. I'm oh. going to do Mike Made. So muting our mics. Adam. Are we muting our mics, Mr. Ludden? Yeah, when he's ready to go. All right. Right. I'll find the fucker. You'd think I'd been, like, prepared in that. You've been prepared in all afternoon, haven't you? Why did I text you asking if there was a... The brief was very poor. <laughs> okay. Right. Give it a couple of secs and do do it as, as many times as you want and... If you're not happy with it, start again. So you, whatever you want to do. So don't feel pressured into making it perfect, Mark, because... All right, and I've got to read it. That, all right. Yeah, no one will know. Other than I put this clip out. Other than this clip. Right, because it goes out in audio, doesn't it? Okay. It, it does, mate, yeah. Whenever you're ready, pal. Come for a walk around Greater Manchester's past. Breathing its history, let its colours of creativity dash and leap from lungs to head to heart. Take the hand of Emmeline Pankhurst and let her warmly walk you through the streets of Mosside, turning left at cliched reputational press cuttings and head straight on to the suffragettes. And the buildings get taller and the memories may fade, but the genesis of women's voting, now that's man made. The air here is healing. The birthplace of the NHS, we'll wrap you up in arms and gauze and we'll hold you as one of our own until things feel better. And the buildings get taller and the memories may fade. Healthcare, regardless of stature or wealth. Now that's healthcare, Mank made. Mank music, the soundtrack of happiness. It will drown you in poetic memories that you can't really remember. Monday's roses, Wilson delivered to a joyous oasis. And the buildings get taller and the memories may fade. Notes and lyrics to sail on, on an ocean of music that's man-made. We stand together. Our only colours are red or blue. We split atoms, not hairs here. And those that feel like they're drowning will build you a submarine until you're ready for your man spirit to change this world like graphene. And the buildings get taller and the memories may fade. Science to teleport, transport, transform and trailblaze. Now that's a future mank made. The computer baby, the first of its kind, take a second and pause. This baby is the parent of togetherness. And when disease pushed us apart, this baby, all technology that let parents see kids, living rooms become workplaces, hospitals created overnight, and it brought the whole world together on a cyber superhighway that was more cheering than turning. And the buildings get taller. And the memories may fade. These cobbles are yours regardless of birthright. And we can all be mank made. 
Fantastic, that, mate. That was really good. If you could just do it again, because we had a bit of a problem with the audio. Did you? <laughs> no. No. He's winding it up, mate. <laughs> no. <clears throat> that delivery was brilliant. Honestly, yeah, there's no... Um, I, I mean, I've been out on the on the circuit listening to different spoken word nights and stuff like that, Mark. And phew, apart from probably our kid and Viney, there's not many that are better than you. And I mean that. That's not me bigging you up in what's it. It's just the truth. You yeah, know there's I mean? passion in it. And do you know, when I wrote that, um, obviously Mank made, and um, there, were t- there were kind of two parts of this. One was I kind of wanted to put everybody in Old City United. Everybody talks about Emily Pankhurst. Of course they do. But very few people then turn around and say, yeah, but Osai's got a reputation which isn't necessarily beautiful and et cetera, et cetera. And people, I don't think, clock that around the Manchester and the links with the NHS and graphene and what graphene is ultimately going to do for the future and the computer baby and all this, that and the other. And the fact that Alan Turing wasn't from Manchester but called it Manchester was, his, was where he called his home. People tend to miss out on some of this type of stuff. So I kind of just wanted to do some little inferences towards that. And in the same vein, uh, I wanted to do something for, for Mike Made, truth be told. Um, because, and I, and I mean, what do you, you mean, not necessarily use any, any along these, these type of things, but the, 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 I can't give Mike Made, and in particular you guys, enough credit because. There are so few people out there that are pushing anything without an agenda. Do you know I mean, everyone's got an ulterior motive. Everyone's thinking about self-broadcasting um, or promotion and this, that, and the other. And I can speak from first-hand experience. Is that not the case with my maid? And I'll never forget when I was working on that other project and I spoke to you, Paul, about it. You didn't know me from Adam, so on and so forth. It was just the fact I was in Manchester and I was doing something and you came to the launch and you supported it and you pushed it out, never asked for a bean or anything like that. Uh, and that meant a lot to me. And that'll always, I'll always hold that. And then obviously that then spiraled out into getting to know Mike Spirit and Demo. So I'm hugely beyond all comprehension that I could ever, and probably the wrong forum to do it, be more thankful to you and Mike Maid. So that was kind of, I wanted to do a bit of a, a, a tipping of the cap when you were looking for sort of poems and, and spokens for it. But, that means a lot, mate. I mean, you know, it does. Um, uh, it's and it, you know, I, I, even the line, um, you know, during, you know, involved in, in the computer and then moving on to the. Oh, lost you there. Then you know, for you know, people in hospital, being able to talk to the loved ones before they passed. You know, using the technology that. You know, I know it's it, it, there's been a lot of changes and and everything else, but ultimately came from came from Manchester. Of course, without without the computer baby and and the advances that we made in in computational tech there, who knows where we would be right now? And COVID has been awful. There's no dispute in that. And I mean, the B-Bar Barman, my page is my way of coping with that to a more or lesser extent of being isolated and being. In stuck in the house, but could you imagine COVID without tech? <laughs> yeah, just without, and that's why I did that. Just pause for a second. Could you imagine being locked in your gaff with nowhere to go and you can't go anywhere 
without the ability to VC and without doing that quiz on a Friday night or have a, having a drink with Auntie Doris who lives in Australia and you've not seen for two years and all of that type of thing. It's just... Well, I was thinking about the, I mean, the flu pandemic, uh, you know, whenever it was, I'm not I'm not a historian. I was thinking the same thing of like, how did they cope at that time? But the difference was families and people were closer together. Now that people yeah. are scattered, and I mean, I'd talk about my own family, you know, we grew up in Clayton and my auntie lived across the road, another one lived down the street, my grand was around the corner. My family's all over the place now. And the first thing I did at the start of the pandemic was set up a WhatsApp group and get me me mum and me older relatives on there so that we had that family again. Do you know what I mean? So I knew I could check in every morning, say good morning, and I knew they were all right, put a few jokes on there, put a few pictures of things that are yeah. going on in my life. Do you know what I mean? But it, it's kept that family together because – Back in the pandemic, you'd have all been near each other. You'd have been lived in the same street or the same house to a certain extent. So I think that's changed. But the main thing that come out of that, Mark, and I totally agree with you, the mention of the graphene, um, it's looking forward to what Manchester's going to be and developing that narrative in that direction because I get sick to death. And me and Paul have talked about this a lot. And I, I used to, I had a thing that was hashtag beyond the B. Now, I, I like the B and I get oh. that. But it's like, we're more than that. What about the first nuclear-free city? What about, you know, the the industry? What about... I mean, we could do this forever and just say, what about, you know, about Manchester? But, you know, all it is, it's like, we've got a B, and uh, Tony Wilson said something that he never said. You know what I mean? <laughs> he didn't, you know, he didn't say that. and the, the whole Hacienda thing, you know, I get it. I was around. We said this demo went once. It was a shithole. <laughs> you know, never went again. I missed it. Um, so, you know, it, and it was, you know, a few weeks in the summer. Now, listen, people are are still making a career out, out of that. Then great. You know, everyone, everyone needs to earn money and, you know, pay for stuff. But especially creatively, that's been gone, done. You know, if it does, if it influences someone to do something better, than that then fantastic it's done its job but just repeating what they did and i you know and again i get all that the oldness you know the older you get the more nostalgia means doesn't it but um yeah there's far too much of that in this city for all this you know we're manchester and we're the best city in the world and blah 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 and there's a lot of small-minded it's grey and soulless and it's losing um, all the things. That I, I mean, I'm 50 now, so you think back, you know, you used to go to town, you spend a load of time around the gay village, then you go down to the student area, then you go to Chinatown, then you go to Rush Home, then you... It had real diversity within walking distance, but mm-hmm. you could go and sample all those different flavours of culture and lifestyle and stuff. Now, would I go... Who goes to Chinatown? You know, who goes to, mm. even the people I know that uh, within the gay community say they, they don't feel safe in the village because it's full of empires. You, know? you know, I think I think that's that that repeated line in that in that last spoken about that and the buildings get taller and the memories may fade. And then whatever follows that is, well, that's that's what Mank made is. So, I mean, the buildings are going to get taller and we will, sooner or later, we will start to forget over some other things 
course we will. Like you've like like on on that description there, Chinatown and, and Rush Home and and all of that. And now it's you're either in the north quarter, northern quarter or spinning fields. Typically, is, is where people tend to gravitate to. And yeah, and uh, it's lost some of that diversity to a more or less extent. But I still love it. It's still, I mean, John Ryland's is still my favourite building in Manchester because it's there. It's standing with all of these glass things around us, growing taller and taller. And, and the John Ryland's library's like, nah, yeah, nah, but- <laughs> not it. The Northern Quarter spinning fields and the new ones that they're creating all over the place are like boy band areas. You know, it's like, oh, let's create culture and we'll do it through a scientific method. That's not how Manchester developed in the past. But we know, and we want to be a part of it, how do you develop the narrative for the future? And there will be a rebellion against that because that's what Manx do best. I it's mean, like, not, nah, no, not having not, that. Do you know what I mean? It's also us saying it's based on the fact that, you know, we've been around a bit. But listen, it... it for me, it's just giving an opportunity to people. And by that, I mean, you know, everyone, but specifically younger people. And if they decide what they want is tall, bland buildings, great. But let's not just do it and they have to live with it, you know, mm. going forward. Because it's not, who's it inspiring? You know, what kid is going to walk down down the street and see some of those buildings go, oh, I'll be an architect. I want to create something like that, yeah. which they probably could do on a, an Etch-a-Sketch, although they wouldn't have an Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if they walk past John Ryland's, it, it is. And, and you know, when I was living, I wasn't asked about buildings, but you walk past some of these, wherever I am, but especially in Manchester, there, there are some amazing buildings and that's one of them. Yeah, it's definitely um, my favourite. Just going in. When I was 16, I worked there for two years. Mm. No, every inch of it wasn't particularly impressed when I worked there, probably because I had to work there. Um, but when you look at it now, you think, geez, you know, it's an amazing place. Mm. It is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about it. And I, and I do, I love it now. I love I love all the areas of it now for various different reasons because it's all it's got its corners and it's got its it's got yeah. it's got its place. And you need a lot of that, you need that advancement. Uh, in between those sort of buildings are what attracts some of the bigger business to Manchester, which is going to keep a life. Well, it's going to have employment going, jobs going, all this and the other, and pull some of that cash out from London back up home. But, well, that, that that's the uh, that's what they're saying. I mean, that's a, that's a different conversation, but mm. you know, ultimately, all that's happening is all the money's getting pumped in from from China for a load of empty spaces that nobody's filling. But again, that's you know. That's another story. Mark, do another one for us, mate. I'll do another one. So I'll do another sort of pensive one, and then I'll go to my bubblegum ones. Is is there there a style of spoken word that you've come across called bubblegum? No. Is is that just what you call it? Just what I call it. Right. So I wrote this one called Through Their Lens. Uh, this is one I did actually put on the Instagram sort of poetry page. Um, and it's a kind of a play on the fact that our brains see something and our eyes see. Our eyes tell the truth. Okay, our eyes will see it exactly as it is. But then our brain will turn that into something. And um, so this whole piece is about that sort of disconnect between as your brain sees the world and as your eyes are seeing the real world that's in front of you. So it's called Through Their Lens. And then I'll go back to Pumblegum. What we see is all basically the same. Lights and colour, impulses sent to the brain. 
But it's what we do with that information that leads to interpretation, revelation, and confrontation. Take me, a 39-year-old man covered in ink. What would you think? Would you see a thug brandishing tattoos with ill intent, likely to steal your wallet, your money, your rent? Or would you see a man with a career in IT whose whole world is his daughter, his princess, his bee? Now, cast your mind's eye to the young black lady across the street. She's 17 with a pram and she turns into Mackie's to eat. Now, tell me the story that your brain has tricked your eyes. Is she a struggling young mum? Tax junkie, kids with a string of gags. The truth is, the baby is a sister. She babysits for a mother, the lawyer, her friends all adore her because no matter the cost, she will do anything for you. And she drops her last pound into the homeless man's cup. He's smoking under a red blanket and he doesn't look up. What's going on here? How has this come to be? He must be a smackhead, but that's only your brain's theory. As if you looked harder and swallowed that bitter pill, you'd see that he didn't look up as he lost his sight as a child when he got ill. And as you read his cardboard biography and your eyes start to fill with tears as it triggers the fears that this could have so easily been someone that you also dare. And it wasn't the booze or the drugs that created the story that you see. He was a victim of politics, opportunity and society. Hurrying past him. Another middle-aged man dressed in a suit, a man with a plan. Now tell me the next chapter that your mind has created. The cutthroat businessman, the boss that you hated. Perfect family, perfect life, perfect money, perfect wife, perfect journey, perfect path, perfect future, perfect past, perfect... I can't say anymore. So I'll give you an insight to what happened next. He got home to his flat when he first got the text. His girlfriend that he'd been seeing has old deed through the night and the guilt poisoned his thoughts because he knew she'd not been right. And the suit that he was wearing for another job he'd not get, he thought a fitting formality as he pulled the rope over his neck. No family, no hope, no one listened, no one cared, no one would miss him. So he thought as he stepped off the chair. Hundreds turn up for the final page of this story. One of the mourners, a brown lady in a white sari. Now your eyes, they see white, but your head says it should be black. Your brain questions her presence. Your eyes see the tears she fights back. Your psyche uses experience and memories and use to calculate theories and fictional views. This brown lady, not from round here, can't miss. Wouldn't wear black. She can't be English. Corner shop cliche. Or worse, someone to fear. Growing suspicion of what's brought her here. But to her... The white sari is a mark of purity and respect. And she's turned up to this funeral of a man she's never met. As between volunteering to help in the NHS, she helps troubled men, those in distress, saved lives with words, taught men back from the brink and their nationalities. What do you think to her? There are none. And as her colourless, colourless tears paint her face, no religion, no difference, just one human race. Wouldn't it be great if our minds really did see, and we could silence the stories of first impression bigotry and challenge ourselves and challenge our minds, change our perception, change our own times. See your mind as a window and avoid the locked door. Don't let first impressions become final judgments. Look harder and see something more. And that's that one. Wow, it's beautiful, mate. Thank you. Mate, that, 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 that's as good as anything I've heard. Really, really is. That's a really fucking hell. 
that was a brilliant example of what you can do with spoken word and what you can do with creativity to take somebody on a journey to sort of because mm. it's it's that symbology it's the thing of the sat around the campfire you know with the in the past but you you're making me think and mm. how do i perceive and what's my filter you know and and that filter has yeah. been changed and adapted and ruined you know by school by other people by but then that's that's part of the process isn't it but the, mark that was beautiful honestly outstanding actually yeah thank you it's it's nice of you to to say and and we all have them and and this is it and we all have a subconscious bias we all have a reflex response to any situation now we can all say that we're not this or we are this and this this and that and the other but you can't help that it's subconscious if it wasn't subconscious it would be conscious <laughs> by, by, by definition. It's not something that you're conscious of. And mm. that was the whole point of that is just to say, when you do see something happen and I'm not, I mean, there's no lessons in anything that I write, I suppose, but just take that extra second to say, well, is this the story, which I see, is this the reality that is actually unfolding or is this just because I saw this happen three years ago and it was different outcome. But yeah. Mate, get, getting people to think, about anything nowadays is is not easy, and I, and I do genuinely think that someone could listen to that. I I listen to that. I mean, listen, I'm, you know, I'm I'm old enough to have said lots of stupid things and done lo- loads of stupid things, and you get older and you change and you get a family and you change, but you're still, you know, by no means perfect. And you're right, you do, even now, and I know better. In certain situations, you kind of make that assumption, don't you? And about as long as you take stock of yourself, that's the difference. It's mm. these prejudices and these things that have been with you forever. Or, I mean, whether you've caught them off uh, uncles telling jokes, uh, you know, whether it's been situations in the past, whether it's been bad teachers, you know, it doesn't matter mm. where it came from. As long as you take stock of yourself and you act, acknowledge that it came from somewhere and you can think differently. But I mean, you've got to be really honest and genuine with yourself to have that conversation. Most time, nine times out of 10 people don't in my, in my experience and they don't. And especially for me, we're three middle-aged men, uh, three middle-aged white men. So we're, we're very much in a, in a, in a, in a de- demographic of, we don't talk anyway. So yeah. what we'll do, and, and I did a piece on this that we'll, We'll, we'll talk about anything other than anything that's real. We'll talk about football. We'll talk about her next door. We'll talk about him next door. We'll talk about the news. We'll talk about work. But we don't actually really, really talk about anything. I mean, how many people? I mean, you, you, I mean, I'm, I know you guys for, for a few years, but I could probably count on, on one hand the amount of people that I could turn around and say, I'm struggling. Mm. But I've got hundreds of friends. And only a small number which I can say I'm struggling. So on that as a, as a nice little segue, I'll do that piece if that's all right. About what should we talk about? Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Um, that'll go back to bubblegum and feel good poetry. What should we talk about? Now, I am not normally a man to set an agenda like this, but what should we talk about before we get on the piss? Should we talk about football, how the Blues look good this year? Talk about birds and shagging and laughing to our bears. Should we talk about anything? 
So we don't have to say something real. Should we fill each silence with distraction rather than say how we feel? Should we do a dance of bullshit and make it last all night? Craving the question, put simply, are you all right? If you're a man between the age of 45 and 49, you're at the highest risk of suicide, but we order a pint and might even go for a walk. But God fucking help us if we actually talk. Keeping with men. We make 75% of the suicide in the UK and we still sleepwalk into social expectations. We've read the script and we obey. We know our lines are so well rehearsed and we play out this fiction, chapter and verse, because we don't fucking speak about what's really going on and we struggle to see our value. No matter how right things are going, it always feels wrong. Or sometimes it's hard to get out of bed. Or sometimes it feels like you'd be better off or somewhere else. So keep your fake football and your stories of sex. If you're struggling, then that's for me. That's what I want to talk about next. And that's that one. Have you written these? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, so you what? I mean, I don't, you know, again, I'm making that assumption. Why, why, why should you not be able to write? <laughs> Beautiful spoken word. That says a lot for me, doesn't Did it? Did you know me? That's I'm going, it's Mark. A lot of tattoos. Support City. Yeah. He's a hat inside. That's because I've got locked up. Oh, yeah. Put the hat back on, mate. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> No, I'll tell you what, right? You've done me there because I know that'll be your video clip. Put your hat back on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Matt, yeah, that'll man. be one of many video clips. This is going to uh, keep us going for quite a long time, actually. <laughs> that was an amazing piece of work, mate. What made you write that? Um, I mean, you told us the reasoning behind it, but what what made you write it? It it's just it's just the the, the certain thing is in if if I hold on to something that annoys me, I find it quite therapeutic to put it on a piece of paper, and then if I can put it out and anything and like like forums like this or when we get into a world of doing spoken, if I can get it out there and Joe, you know if it's one thing, if it makes a difference to one person, if it creates a smile on one person's face for a few seconds and then they go back to a, a challenge, which I can't fathom, then it's, it's worth my time doing it. And if it gets, if two people then are stood at the bar after listening to me do that piece and then they say that piece about not actually speaking is right. though, isn't it? Well, all right. Well, how's it going at home for you? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's tough at the minute. Do you know what I mean? The missus went out for a loaf of bread three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've, I've said it a thousand. It doesn't matter how you say it, where you say it, as long as you say it, as long yeah. as you talk. You, do, you know, the rest of it, well, you shouldn't really be putting it like that, and that's not very PC. If you find whatever reason out there to talk about how you're feeling, and that is going to stop you doing something that's that's well, Christ, life ending or life changing. Then, what you know, whatever it takes. Um, and well, I genuinely think that people could listen to something like that, and it can make them think. Definitely. I was joking with Paul this afternoon. I, was, I said to him, uh, he said something like, "What question are you going to ask Mark and stuff?" Because it's harder because we know you. So I said, "Well, I'm going to ask it." Say. Um, so when we met you, you was a successful CEO of a big tech company and now you're a poet, <laughs> <laughs> right? But having heard them two pieces, I'll say that, but I'll now say you're going to make much more of a difference as a poet. Yeah. 
that's lovely you say and I'll, I'll, I'll that's that imposter syndrome why I started smiling then which obviously wants you on podcast but um, I, I don't know I regarded myself as a CEO of a tech company do you know what I mean? I, I don't, I'm not sure I'll ever regard, and, I, and for the listeners at home, Paul's shaking his head disapprovingly at the moment. And yeah. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never, I'll, I don't know, I don't know. Well, it'd be a, that'd be a question for poets, I suppose, in terms of when did... Yeah, but you're a poet if you call you stick a poet on your bio, stick a poet on your bio. You know, I've directed stuff, I've produced stuff, stick it on the bio. Why? Because yeah. I'm proud of it. No, because I know it'll piss people off. Because they'll you're go, oh, you you never did this, so how can you how can you put that down? You know, you never, you never, you know. And you just think, oh, Matt, go on LinkedIn. How many people say professional speaker, guru, every but like no yeah. wanker? It should say wanker in big letters. <laughs> so. What well, my profile are you talking about? On <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I don't you know, even go on LinkedIn for that yeah. reason. You know, do you know what makes a difference, Matt? It's not so much whether you think you're a poet. Or you think you're a spoken, you're good at spoken word. It's when people turn around to you and say, "You're good at that, mate. You're, th- that was a great piece. You wrote that. That came out of your head." Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I think it's one of those titles, and I'm like that about a few like mentor. I don't think that you're ever allowed to call yourself a mentor. This is just something that I feel. I know it's. Mm. I mean, that's what other people call that person there is my mentor. I look at yeah. them and they give me something about that. These people that call themselves mentors, I've got no time for that. Same with poetry. I think you've, it's a good point in terms of, I think that's a title that other people honor you with rather than you choosing for yourself. There's, um, I, when I, I went and did my counseling course because I, um, I was working in prisons and stuff and the, the lads were coming to me and they were opening up to me and I had to keep stopping them and going, I've got to tell you now, I'm not a trained counsellor and I'll refer you because it was keeping them safe. So I went and did, I felt a hypocrite. I thought, if these guys are opening up to me, then I need to go and do my counselling course. I need to be the one that carries on the process. So I went and did it and like a complete big head, I had to do my level one and I thought, I'm going to get nothing from this. I'll, it's 10 weeks, I'll just skip through this and I'll then I'll concentrate on my level two. Oh mate, it was the most, intense thing that I ever went through because I had to face up to myself in those 10 weeks. And the one thing that I had to face up with was self-love. I could not, I never accepted a compliment. I never, someone said I was good at something. I want to, you know, you've got over that now though, haven't you, Damo? <laughs> Get t-shirts made the next I'll day. Tell you what, <laughs> it's the hardest thing in the world. When somebody says you're really good at that and you just say, thank you. And that's all you'd yeah. have to do. That yeah. acknowledgement of thank you and say nothing else. Do you know what I mean? And it may blew me apart, absolutely ripped me to pieces. Mm. I was coming on crying. I was because I had to get over that that thing to actually and that was level one. I thought, oh, what the fuck's gonna happen to me at level three? I'm gonna be like, <laughs> what's it? But it was that cockiness going into it and it just absolutely stripped that away. Do you know what I mean? It was all fake. If you were an 18-year-old kid, Mark, well, like you couldn't write what you've just written because you wouldn't have the life experience, but let's just say you did. You wouldn't have any issues with saying, I'm a poet, that's good, I'm a spoken word artist. It's it, it's kind of knocked into you the older you get. Well, I can't, can I change? Can I do something different? I see it all. We all see it. See it all the time, people who've just worked in a job that they may have even liked 
but it's not, you know, it's not always floated the boat. It's not what I've always wanted to do, let's say. It's just been okay. And then they retire early or whatever and decide that they want to do something completely different. It's uh, a good point. I think you're probably right. That, uh, very good point. <laughs> Thank you. At least you've not left it too late. You're still a young yeah. whippersnapper and you've got a whole creative career ahead of you. Yeah, maybe. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And that's why I do it. I enjoy it. And other people seem to comment and like and appreciate some of the stuff that I do. So it's a win-win that nobody really loses with it. If you enjoy it, that's enough. That's yeah. enough acknowledgement. I like it. You know what I mean? What more do you need? Can you, so, can you tell us something about that? Is it the BB Barman or the B Barman B or the Bar Barman? The B Bar Barman. Right. Okay. So, tell, tell, tell us what that is and, and, and why you did it. So the B Bar Barman, that's my Instagram page. Follow, like, share, save. Um, <laughs> the B Bar Barman. And I did that. And it probably plays into because I knew that I wanted to start putting my poetry after getting some support from some close friends to say, you just need to put this out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, you're good. You're a strong writer. Um, so just put it out there. So I thought, right, well, Instagram and that type of thing seems like a good enough platform while we're in lockdown. And it probably pay, played into some of my little uh, insecurities maybe over my own work and calling myself a spoken or calling myself a poet or anything like that. So for me, it was easier to create this character of the B-Bar Barman. Mm. Um, so so that, that's where the inception of it caught. And I mean, this... I've got. A, I'm very fortunate. I've got a little home bar area which is called B Bar after my daughter B, rather than a Manchester B. It just plays in nicely. Right. Um, and I, I then just thought, right, well, I'm going to create very in keeping with these podcasts. I'm just going to create this sort of virtual sort of space, this virtual sort of bar where there's this sort of mock character reciting this sort of feel good bubblegum poetry, um, just to start putting it out there and sort of documenting some of the stuff some of the stuff which which are right and do you mean where i might take it is being even more of that sort of creative space where when people can get together getting people into into the b-bar and having a drink and and, and doing some poetry all of that type of thing for people because what we need to that's not for everybody there's still a huge number of people that can't leave the house looking at some of the stuff which um Mank made Mank Spirit has, has done around the traffic carers and things like that. But the people that can't leave their own money want to. So we're all celebrating June 21st, and all the people are just saying, well, That's just my life. Yeah, yeah. So creating these spaces, what I hope so much is we don't lose some of the lessons that we've taken from that. I hope that we've got a long memory about COVID. I really, really do. And the worst thing I think that we could possibly do is go through what we've gone through as a society lost some amazing people, friends, family, lovers, brothers, sisters, all of that type of thing, and then have a short-term memory on it. We said this the other day, mate, exactly the same. That scared me. All the people, you know, all the stuff that we've taken online, we won't be stopping that because it's more inclusive. 100%. We've had this conversation with, um, you know, we've been doing projects with housing associations, with vulnerable older people, with all that. And they were saying, oh, we can't use the communal areas now. We can't do this. And we say, well, we'll open it up to other people in it. And then one of them said, oh, we'll have the communal areas open soon. I said, well, hang on a minute. How, pe- how many of your people actually use the communal areas? So you've been catering for 10 people. What about the other 30 poor bastards that have been stuck in the room for the last 10 years? You yeah. know, 
they're the ones we want to reach. They're the ones that are the priority, not the ones that are, you know, sharing bottle of port down in the communal area. They're quite mm. happy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're the low-hanging fruit, really. And the tech has never been better. It's never been more accessible. It's never been more sort of um, relevant to sort of pose that challenge. So, I mean, I'll keep this going, I reckon, well well after long, as, as long as anybody's still liking or commenting on anything that I do, because lockdown doesn't end for everybody on the 21st of June, unfortunately. What kind of comments are you getting, Mark? Do you know I'm getting really positive? So the piece that I just did the, the um, through, through the lens, Mm-hmm. Uh, I had people telling me they were in tears. I had people messaging me saying, I've, I've, I've been listening to this in the car time and time again. Uh, and, it, and I'm crying every time. And for me, uh, I, I, that blows my mind and it, it means everything. But mm-hmm. um, so many comments about self-reflection and just like you, you find gentlemen were talking about in terms of that sort of challenging <laughs> what you believe yourself to be or, or, or what, what you see. But I'm getting doing lovely, lovely, lovely sort of comments and shares and things like that, and uh, it's very nice. It's very nice. Has anybody turned around and said that's inspiring me to have a crack at this? I've had a number of people, do you know, and it's I've, I've had a number of people say I can't do spoken type of thing before, and do I mean that then sort of infers something around self confidence and being in front of the camera. I'm like, it's easier. You just keep recording it and deleting it and recording it until you crack it until you're happy with it. Yeah. Um and and some people have said, listen, just seeing you not care is 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 quite comforting. Um and making a bit of a prat of yourself and creating this sort of fictional because I mean, if you can create a fictional character like anybody can. Uh, so I've had a, a fair a fair chunk of that. Um but an awful lot of the Instagram sort of poetry sort of community is very poetry community, which is why, as we were saying earlier about, I use very accessible language in everything that I write. I try not to use too much deep metaphor, which is going to turn people off. I try not to use too many long, huge words that you only find in very small parts of life because I want it to be to be accessible. Yeah. The whole point of my Instagram page is that, um, Mary, who, who's from the football ground, can enjoy it as much as Tony Walsh or whoever. I mean, a, a big poet or somebody who's who's into poets should be able to enjoy poetry. In my opinion, absolutely as much as anybody else on on the planet, and it's got to be accessible. Which right, like. I don't get caught up in all that. You know, I've spoken, and it's like, well, it's got to have so many beats, and this has got to happen, and that's going to happen, and it's like, well. You know, I've, I read this piece and it, and it doesn't adhere to this, this and this. And you think, yeah, but when I heard it, I thought it was beautiful. Made me feel something. Yeah, but it's like, well, it shouldn't have done because yeah, it, it wasn't written over. properly. And you think, and that's the whole, that's the, the thing that when you're not in that industry, the arts, that's what you're dealing with all the time. But don't you get that snobbery in, in everything? You get it in film, you get it in yeah. uh, TV, you get it in, you know, I've seen some fantastic TV and can really appreciate Afterlife, for example, sticks with me. What an amazing piece of writing and stuff like that. But then another night, I do want to sit and watch Mrs. Brown's Boys because I can switch off and have a laugh. You know, that's my choice to dip into either. I don't have to be one or the other. Mm. You know, I can, it depends on my mood, depends how I feel, depends how I want to feel. Do you know it's what I mean? Ultimately, mate, all you have to do is obey the law. 
you know, and you know, you can do that on any specific day. We're talking about technology being great for connecting people, but even within, I mean, you would think of all of the communities online, you would think the poetry community would be a friendly type of place where everybody's welcome and we all talk about love and feeling. There's real venom. There's yeah. real bullying going on. There's real sexual harassment going online in a poetry community online. If it happens there, it happens everywhere. And it's, That's about power and jealousy. It's mm. like everything in any other kind of online forum. The ones that come in kicking off are trying to, what did I used to call them in the... Uh, Overseer of semantics. Who appointed you the overseer of semantics? I used to say on the forums, and then I'd rip them because it, stop it. You know, yeah. don't come in picking up somebody on the spelling when they're saying something amazing. But why? I, um, it's because somebody out there who, who does this, who says they are, and are quite happy to put spoken word on the bio or poet on the bio, can see people like you. And can it can see you performing here, your words and think, all oh, right, okay, yeah, a bit of competition there. And, and you know, people see number of followers as a right because I've got ten thousand followers. I mean, I don't have many followers. I'm not bothered by how many followers because, like I said, if it gets one, I'm happy. But how many followers have you got? I've got next. I don't know, three hundred. Not many. Right. Uh, but them are you, Paul? Yeah, they? they're all different. Thank you. Ten of them are you. Different accounts. <laughs> Well, you'll, you'll get somebody with 15,000 think that they've got a bigger voice than somebody with one. You haven't, pal. You've got better PR. I mean, obviously, ignoring stuff like talent, and I'm sure they're very talent, but it doesn't give you a right to be a dick. Yeah. Or maybe they bought them when they could, Mark. Yeah, this is it. But <laughs> this is a game. It's almost like we've planned this. Because I've got another piece called You've Written Me Angry, which is specifically <laughs> about this. Yeah. Don't so say that, you're angry. I've got a feeling I'll, I might have this as my ringtone. <laughs> You've written me angry, and it's specific. It was like it was written as a message to the dickheads. Any anyone in anyone in particular, Mark? You wanna you wanna call out anybody who suffers from an ism? So this is you've written me angry about nobody in particular. Um, but yeah, anybody who trolls people, if you've got something negative to say, and keep it to yourself, type of thing. You've written me angry. Your venomous barbs I'm unable to wriggle from my skin and I can feel it echoing. You take the light and you cast the shadow of hate, you berate and calculate to manufacture a fate to terminate happiness and innocence. Good people using a medium to be genuine with scars of your barbs tattooed on fragile skin. So you've written me angry. So take your premature elaphulation, a joke or arrow that you aim to hit hard, but it fizzles into impotence and shatters and shards into a middle million splinters. But like tetanus, it spreads into heads and sleepless beds. No meds for the pain or poison you spread. You're a fucking joke. And this is at your kick. So tap that vein and burn that spoon. Don't rush it. Patience. The next hit comes soon. And as you type and speak and lie, another violent victim about to die. Feel the rush of reaction for the whole world to see. No risk for you, though. There's no hatred, OD. So slip into that DM and cover the mirrors so you can't see the hydra that you've become. No matter how the brave may sever the head to grow back, bold enough to be heard but too weak to be seen. 
spitting putrid, jagged dagger letters that tear and burn the thin veil of confidence. When will you learn that these are real people? They hurt. They suffer. They carry it around. And for you, it's forgotten. But for them, it's part of who they are now. Self-doubt. Self-loathing. They let the wolf in in genetic anonymous username clothing, goading them to bite. You hold on to the next victim and they sit with it all night. So you've written me angry. So I'll take this as an invitation that when you lie in desperation of that next toxic salvation of your next fix, aim your arrow of hate at me and see if it hits. And then I breathe and a smile tiptoes across my face. It whispers a perspective new. It whispers, you've written me to pity you. What type of life finds joy in the anguish of others whose art only exists in monochrome paint, who can't hear the bird sing or smell the colour green? What type of life has never had a brew go cold because they couldn't let go of the person or the love that they hold that make you forget time? Whose life is empty, devoid of love, who hasn't played make-believe in watercolour fairy tales that start alone and end together forever, you and her, whether it's easy or hard, where life is a wish, but to you, it's only empty. You've nothing, nothing like this. Which is why, my troll friend, there's no time for humour, no time to be witty. I look upon your masked bravado and I realise that you've written me to pity. That was my little message to the trolls. Bloody hell, Mark. I just want to say that you missed a little trick there. When you said pity, you could have put in Chris Whitty. Couldn't you just lighten it at the end? Just to lighten the mood at the end. You know, sometimes when we do these interviews, especially with the singers, Paul will come in with this thing where he's uh, he writes down lyrics and he'll say, oh, I'd just like to mention the lyrics, such a thing. It really, uh, Mark, I'd really like to talk the line, you're a fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you know? How, how did that come about? <laughs> What gets me, Mark, is this... No, they're completely different pieces there. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of range, you know, from bubblegum, yeah, to... To one that would make Fit Richard cry. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think that's probably... You guys are probably acting as a somewhat of a therapy team because I, I tend not to put these on the page because they are heavy. Mate, creativity is there to get emotion out, and that is, you know, whether it's an amazing moment that you've had and you want to acknowledge it, celebrate it, whether it's something that's really pissed you off and you want to get it out on paper. That's what it's about. That's what it should be about. You shouldn't now, be toned imagine, down. Imagine if, you, if that was still inside you. <clears throat> and that's it. And it's just that because I'm sat there raging, hearing of these stories and I'm raging and I'm raging and I'm raging and I pick up my pen and I put it onto there and I've turned that rage. And that's the, the whole purpose of, of that last piece was, to say, yeah, I'm angry, but thinking about it, I'm not angry at you. I'm pitying that this is your life, that you get something out of this. Fucking hell. Did what a shit time of life that you've got. Do you want me to finish with a nice love one? You better fucking add, mate, to be honest. <laughs> I just don't want you We've got nothing yourself. else to put in the podcast otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> trigger warnings everywhere. Yeah, trigger right. warning. This is a trigger. This is your five-second countdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in trigger warnings. I think that's all nonsense. We've had this. Uh, I was asked to speak at some tech thing event where they all gather after work, and it never happened, but... 
the, the we want to talk about homelessness. I said, do you want me to really talk about homelessness or do you want me to do the wishy-washy? It's nice to give them food and money and stuff. She says, well, if you're going to bring anything up, can you make sure you do trigger warnings first? I went, no, because part of doing it is to shock people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm about to shock you. Could you leave the room, please? No, piss off. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, sorry, Mark. Yeah, and I think that, like, with You've the... you got me uh, angry now. With, I mean, you could trigger... I've, I've spoken you angry. You have. But it's like that, that one with the with the suicide where the, the guy steps off the chair and stuff. You could trigger warning that on suicide, but that's what... It's that, like you say, that is, is that response is what people go... Fuck, you've gone from a businessman, the boss that you ate, to some poor kid who's just not got an interview and just committed suicide. Just to challenge that rhetoric. Yeah. Anywho. Mate, it is powerful stuff. Powerful. Thank you. What's this one about? What's this one about? So I'm going to give you the choice. Right. Because it's all bubblegum. I've got one cut... I've got two love options. One's called You're Running Through My Head and one's called Put Simply. And then I've got another one which is about poems, uh, poems for the poor. No, Mark, you've been massively impressed tonight and I didn't think I would be. <laughs> but, uh, to be yeah, honest, you don't need like... self-depreciation. Just come on and read poetry at Paul. So it, was, it was either this or watch Man United. Oh, yeah, good choice. <laughs> <laughs> even yeah, even with my uh, aggressive poetry, I think it's probably nicer yeah, than that. Proud of you. Do you want one of these last ones? Are you done? Yeah, no, definitely, mate. Yeah. What do you want? Which are the three? Uh, well, how long, three, how long are they? They're all pretty short. Right, do what? Do all of them, and I'll just bang in there. What you'll so, do? What? All right. Okay. Pause between them all, and then we'll edit it. All right. Don't fucking edit it, mate. Less of the will. All right, Paul will edit it. Well, I won't. I'll get someone to do it. But <laughs> <laughs> So whenever you're right, Mark, just breathe deeply. Count to three. We're all with you on this, Mark. Keep smiling. <laughs> you're, you're, you're actually building a bit of anxiety in me there, you know. <laughs> the whole world is listening, Mark. This is from the people in Mongolia. Kisses right, for Megan. Re-entered the charts at number nine in Mongolia tonight. Dicks. Good luck, Mark. Mark. Oh, you bellend. Good luck, Mark. Good luck, Mark. <laughs> We're all with you. Mark. light plinks on. Right. Don't be nervous, Mark. We're all with you. Good luck. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> This is you running through my head. The first, okay. This is a bit of a love one. Running, running, turning, burning, fading, laying, heart is searing. This is it. I feel it nearing. Palms are sweaty, eyes are tearing, but I can't get close. But still, I chase in haste. I waste of being alone and feeling chased. I just want you. No more doors. Take my highs and accept my flaws. Pause. Now let's soar. Me and more, and if you're sure, let's go for more. More together, more of us, more forever, more of love. Just stop running. More together, more of us, more forever, more of love. Just stop running and take my hand. Feel the warmth of tropical sand. Love so good it should be banned. Defences down, heart unmanned. Just stop running. And I know I've missed. I've wished it wasn't our final kiss. And if I'd known my chances blown, I'd have picked up the phone and just come home. So now I'll go slow. All at your pace. 
my saving face replaced by humility and less haste. And I'm so, so, so sorry that I didn't get it at first. And I kept making things worse. And when I saw that, I didn't mean what I said. And now I'm living this curse of a moment I dread and I'm alone with you running through my head. So that's that one. A little pause. Poems. Good luck, Matt. Good luck, Matt. <laughs> Dick! <laughs> that's the, that, that wants to be the little mini edit. Dick! <laughs> right. Take your time. Take your time, Matt. That one was supposed to be fast. Good luck, Matt. Why does that get me so much? Good luck, Mark. Okay. This is poem for the poor. Hiya. Can you spare a poem, please? A haiku of hope, maybe. A couple of loose words of positivity. I don't need your money. No, I don't want your money. And I'm not trying to be funny. There's no need to worry. I need love and no hate. I need a hit of escape. As although I'm homeless, I just recently, I feel like I'm homeless. My living room of shoes and knees left barren and empty by this fucking disease. So do you have any pros in that purse to make me feel alive? My curse, my reprise, my reprises, I'm drowning in lies, drowning in lies, drowning in lies. Sighs by passersby, hold your kid close and don't catch the eye of the poetically impoverished, hopeless, homeless guy. Donate me a sonnet of solace. I've been sat here so long that I need wings to carry me back and above to a time I belonged, give me lyrical rights to my physical wrongs. I don't take coins or plastic. I'll feast on a fantasy fantastic of an acrostic or a non-toxic lullaby lyric, and I'll repay you 10 times over as I mimic happiness. It's cold. Pulses slowing now. Cart me away in your ambulance of words. Find my last vein of optimism and insert the drift drip of anti-pesticism can't say that word don't be quick nurse though because we're losing him flatline going 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 gone but fuck this reaper's auction i'll grab and grab your defibrillator of verse and shock me with wave after wave of well-rehearsed words of better times and people smiling people caring people together people sharing people writing people singing people giving people hope so can you spare me a poem, please? I've no money or wealth and I can't save myself. I need a cap full of changes, a pen and some pages filled with creativity to suppress negativity as although it's all as it's done always through the ages. It's cold and I need more than that single tab or pill. I need all of your compilation, your anthology, because I'm addicted to more. So please, poems for the poor, poems for the poor. That's poems for the poor. But I can't say anti-pessimism being anti-pessimistic pessimistic yeah you did it then we'll just edit that in mate (laughs) yeah pessimistic (laughs) just randomly in there thank you thank you Um, and now this is all right no I'm doing is little (laughs) counselling things that people never say thank you when they receive a compliment so this is the only poem, what's he put? Good luck, dickhead. With friends like you, pair, support <laughs> So Good luck, man. So this is my only poem that I've written purposely to be complex. The language in it is quite complex because um, it's a bit of a hypothetical, not a hypothetical piece, but a contradictory piece. But it works, if I don't say so myself. These walls are my nemesis, 
a genesis of a sensation of ambivalence towards the influence of a feeling of convalescence. I feel empty. I'm unable to eat, starved by the effervescence of a memory of a prevalence as perfection. My heart and its perseverance towards being perceived as strong is calling out. Put simply, I miss you. An abundance of choice, rendered redundant, impotent and obsolete. My addiction and attachment to tunneling views, no variety to choose as my unwavering desire, although to many obtuse, remains singular. Put simply, I want you. I shall give you the heaven and spare you the hell, repel grayscale fantasies, build my future anthology around your idiosyncrasies. We have created a world with its own mythology where Greek gods look down in jealousy in the rain as the tears of the defeated Aphrodite. No need for umbrella as we'll dance in the rain. No need for music as our symphony is a gaze. Put simply, I love you. That's my complexy word one. I love you too. Yes. That's what I was going for. The predator strikes again. Mate. <sighs> Do you want me to exit? <laughs> no, I want you to watch. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to force me to watch. That's it. <laughs> I'm always best on my own now anyway. Really. Mate, I think that I think that wraps it up. Um I, I am I, so pleased I bollocked you for five minutes once. Yeah, you did. I remember where I was. I was outside my mate Angry Kev's house in the, in the car, waiting to go in. You were bollocking me. <laughs> was it? I wasn't bollocking you. It was, it and, was words of encouragement. And so am I, if I'm being honest, because I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, even having them written in one book, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done the Instagram thing. I'd have not had that little push because, I mean, it's typical that people don't believe in in themselves about anything along these type of lines and it takes a mank made it takes a demo it takes a mank spirit to just for somebody to say it's actually all right this you know or well, what have you got to lose but it and it's all well takes good, a mate. mark faster pardon it also takes a mark faster because we couldn't have done mank spirit without you well you'd have found a way you no, couldn't have found a way. obligation <laughs> <laughs> we we need to have three trustees legally. We did look into it, Mark, but unfortunately, <laughs> mate, uh, I don't think you can ever get the three of us in a room where it'd be real or virtual and, and not take the piss out of each other and have a laugh. But I'll, I'll being completely honest, mate, I'm massively proud of you. Um, unbelievable work. I think you're really talented. Thank um, you. And you know you need to go to the open mics when they're open. And when we put ours on, which we will do, hopefully we can take this out on the road. Uh, we've got a new compare, don't we? We've got a new compare. Be Barbarman. More of a star, star act than compare, Paul. <laughs> I, uh, I really appreciate um, the Just a, one thing I'd like to say, though, stop saying bubblegum. I can't. you oh, got to, because that's... If the listener gets something from it, that's degrading their appreciation. Yeah, don't look at it like that, in fairness. You're sort of saying, well, I've wrote this, but it doesn't mean shit, but it means something to them. Yeah, good point. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you, you look at everything different. If, if someone, you know, you want someone to listen to anything and try, and you, you're never, you're never going to get everyone that's going to associate themselves with what's being said, but there will be people out there who go, they'll, they'll get it. And just go, well, yeah, I'm like that. I, 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 you know, I constantly. So, mate, it's like what you say. It's only words. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd find that no words in it. 
Mariah Carey and Coldplay, but I know other people, it's their wedding song or it's, you know, it's been helped them through a special moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it, so, you know, it it's sounds like if, if he wants to call it bubblegum <laughs> in a self depreciating way, it detracts. Knowing full well, full well, that he's actually very talented. Paul, can I just ask you something, actually? Yeah. You know, the, the red dot on your head, is that your neighbour across the road with a sniper <laughs> rifle? Really? <laughs> it's me waiting for him to look <laughs> one more time. Thanks a lot, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, mate, I, uh, I can't thank you enough, mate, given the, the platform and the forum and, and everything that Magnate does and pushes out. I think this is a great idea. Uh, so, no, big thanks for having having me on and, yeah. Big love. I've had a lovely, lovely kind compliments as well for my spoken word poetry. It's the truth, you know, and you, you can't escape the truth, mate. Apparently, somebody said once. Probably, I need to write. I'll, I'll start writing poetry. You've written me happy. <laughs> <laughs> a juxtaposition on you know the. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great way to end it. You have. You've written me very happy. You really have. Thank you. And uh, have a good night. Don't do anything daft tonight. Not after tonight. You've done really well. There's a future for you, right? There is a future. <laughs> Thank you ever so right. much for your kind words and support, as always. All right, stay away from the light, Mark. Stay <laughs> away from the light. Damien's got all the light in his little video box to the side. <laughs> his video box? It's a, you, do, you look like you're in a proper studio there. It's a cheap oh, LED. Oh, Makes a change from usually sitting in front of my kitchen thing with a hole in the roof. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think you look lovely, Damien. Oh, thanks. Ring I don't the bell. You, you were calling me bell. fucking Benny Hill the other week. Oh, it's a call last orders. Last orders yeah. on the on the podcast. Yeah, last orders on the podcast. There, yeah, go. On. Hang on, we lost it there. We lost the audio. Do it again, mate. It didn't come yeah. through very well, did it? Just go. Let's do. You want me to call last orders? Yeah, go on. Last orders on the podcast. Last orders. And then you always had that barman that did that fucking. I don't know where you're going, but you can't stay here. Or come out with some bollocks like that. It used to really piss me off. Come out the ladies' toilet, Ludden. All right. right.